Welcome to Grimdark Live, weekly webcast for all things Dice, Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf in the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and tonight I got Justin with me, and we got a special guest that's going to be with us through the, new, through the news. But Justin, first, what do you hear? What do you say, bud? It's another week, man. It's been a very interesting week. It's, it has been an interesting week, and it was a good week to kind of take off and kind of like soak it all in a little bit, man. And uh, and, and with us tonight yeah. to kind of help us through the news, because we just got that much to talk about. We've got the grandson of Behemoth himself, man. Steve, what do you hear? What do you say, bud? I'd like to order a large sausage pizza. It's all gonna. It's gonna be nothing but sausage. Hey, uh, you know, folks, and for you guys that are that are just joining us, uh, if you guys recognize that uh, that crazy guy's voice, uh, the, the the penitentiary does allow him to call and make one phone call a week, and this is his one call he does make from his cell. So we're very happy to have Steve with well, us. Well, this is my one call. What a lousy call it is. Hey, hey. no, wow. actually. <laughs> Actually, you know, if you guys remember, uh, folks, Steve is a guy that's that's been on most of the breaking news pieces that we've uh, we've had uh, here on Grimdark Live, where we broke a lot of the new things that are happening with AOS 3.0. So hang out for a little bit more because we're going to kind of bring all the news together, and we thought uh, we, we we couldn't think of anybody better. Uh, actually, that's not true. He was our last resort. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we couldn't think of anybody better to uh, to have on to help us uh, through the news. Uh, but uh, but Steve, you ready, man? Let's go. Justin, you ready? Always. All right, man. Well, we uh, uh, we do, guys. We got a lot going on tonight. We got a good show. Uh, and uh, but first, but first, let me let me say this. I'm so rude. What a rude host I am. Uh, welcome to Grimdark Live, gang. Hello, and everybody uh, out there for uh, for joining us here on tonight's Grimdark Live. If you like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. And we're back after a week off, and and I want to uh, throw it out there to our our awesome patrons out there that uh, that really help us make this show possible. And uh, if any of you out there are looking to uh, uh, be a patron of Grimdark Live, head over to grimdarklive.com and, and look at how you can become a member of the Nerd Bunker. And uh, click on that, and there's six different levels to get you started with patron, and we'd really appreciate it. So, uh, but yeah, you know, we've got a... Um, we got a bloody show. Can I can I say that? Is that is that a good way to, to preface that it here, Justin? Can I say bloody? Yeah. All right. We can go there. We got a, we got a we got a bloody good show this evening. Uh, we're going to be talking blades of corn. Um, so I know I know that when we when we think about blades of corn, that's one of those armies that really honestly has probably in my opinion gotten ignored more than any army probably in the entire GW lineup. Uh, you know. Think about this, guys. Blades of Corn, uh, they've been, you know, they say they've been one of the most updated factions since AOS began. Um, I I don't know about that. They're kind of like a tag-along. Um, I know that uh, they were featured in the first-ever Age of Sigmar set. That was a big deal. Remember Bloodbound? Um, you know, of course, yep. they, they didn't get a big statue out there in Nottingham either. But um, they were in that first set. Uh, they, they also were... Um, uh, the Wrath of the Everchosen Chaos Supplement, they're a big piece in that. Uh, but, but again, I don't know uh, how, how I would describe them other than kind of the forgotten uh, army out there. 
But you know, folks, mm-hmm. we're, we are, um, you know, after the news, after Steve uh, abandons us, uh, Justin and I are going to, um, we're going to attempt to talk about fixing blades of corn here on the show uh, and, and, you know, where they're at now versus the new edition of Age of Sigmar that's going to be coming up. We know that uh, based off of that, in compilation with fixing this army, that could be quite an uphill conversation. Now, we realize that we are on the cusp of Age of Sigmar 3.0. So with that, um, you know, battalions, I, I should say this, uh, guys, you know, inner battle tome battalions now now justin steve you heard about this right that they're they're going the way of the dinosaur yeah they're just going generic battalions now right like they're doing 40k yep yep so they're they're getting rid of their battalions their inner book battalions from what we understand and so with that said um we're not really sure how this army is going to prevail in the new edition of age of sigmar without the use of battalions like say brass stampede this army could struggle uh about as much as my beast of chaos are going to be struggling what's that Slaughterborn is another good battalion. That's yeah, right. Another good um, faction. Yeah, that's another one that, that you know, and, and again, without these battalions, I'm not really sure how they're going to do. So for the purposes of this conversation here tonight, folks, here later on in the show, um, we're going to talk on the state of the army, you know, Blades of Corn, and how we think preliminarily, of course, uh, how it's going to perform in Age of Sigmar 3.0 and, and where it needs fixing right now on the table. Because we got, you know, we got, I mean, we said July that the new, the new edition is going to be dropping. So we got a couple of... Uh, about a month and a half left or so, maybe maybe two months if you squeeze it all in of uh, of the current uh, play piece going on, right? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good way to put it, guys. For the hard release, yes, yeah. not the soft release. Yeah. Yeah, I also think that you have to look at corn uh, a little bit more honestly. In, in other words, all of us as gamers, are you really telling me that the bloodthirster army that has been just wrecking people for how many years now all of a sudden is no good? So I think that's definitely something that should be a topic of conversation because I, quite frankly, don't think corn are as bad as people think they are. You know, and, and maybe maybe it's all about how people are playing them, right? Maybe it's how they're yep. being interpreted I on totally the tabletop. Agree, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a general's army, not a just pick up and run army. It, you yep. you have to be tactician and have to be a general with that army. Yeah, we we, we say that a lot, right? I mean, we talk about you know whether whether it's the the army or the general, and a lot of times you know it it. What, what's the other thing we always say? You know, a lot of times you know gamers go out and they buy that new shiny unit and they open the box and they realize it doesn't come with a gamer. So, right. You know that that in itself. Um, you know, could could be uh, a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, of a of a problem, but but moving on to uh, to to this next topic, man, uh, Justin, we're we're gonna get to you first, man. Are, are you sniffing glue? Are you staying true, man? What do we got? Oh, I'm staying true. It's been uh like I said, it's been a heck of a week. I'm I'm a little bit in the weeds right now because I just got so many projects going. Uh, I've got still have client paints that are out. I have my army paint, the boards that are being worked on, and uh, some other other items that just kind of rolled into all one big ball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it. It starts to catch up on you a little bit, man. But you're gonna get through a little it all, bit. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll be I'll be good. I'll be good to go come Armed Forces you, Day. You you may need to sniff a little bit of that glue after you're done. Yeah, that. <laughs> I, I might be dead at the tables, but uh, at least I'll uh, be done. There you go, man. There you go. We got Armed Forces Day coming up June fifth uh, and sixth. But uh, Steve, what about you, man? You staying true? You sniffing glue? What do you got on the hobby table? Well, nothing right now. I'm kind of deciding whether or not I want to take the deep plunge into um, Soulblight Gravelords. Um, They have been traditionally one of my favorite armies, an army I've played for years. Mm -hmm. And I think that if I do play them, I'll just play a silly little Blood Knight army and just leave it at that. Um, 
I've read the rules for the Blood Knights. They're pretty good, but I know we'll talk about that in a little bit. Right. Yeah, and we're definitely going to be talking more about mm-hmm. the Soulblight vampires, Soulblight Gravelords vampires uh, here on next week's show. So stick around for that. But we are going to be kind of touching them, obviously, because they're in they're in the news right now. But but as for myself, man, I you know Justin, here it is, man. I think this is my third week in a row of not sniffing glue. So I'm I'm onto something here. Uh, we got battle reports, man. That's what we're doing. Yep. I saw uh, that. We got our first two battle reports out. The first one was uh, the Ogre Mock Tribes versus uh, the, the Heed Knights of Slanesh. And the second one, with our with our grandson of Behemoth right here uh, that's on the show with us tonight, uh, we had our Ogre Mock Tribe versus Sons of Behemoth. So, Steve, you want to talk a little bit about that game, how you just cheated unmercifully to, to win that one on me? <laughs> oh, tell me what you really feel. Um no, I think that anytime you have destruction versus destruction, people like watching that game because it's like watching Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, yeah. And um, and I think that those games are always the most enjoyable because sometimes people just want to watch a good slobber knocker, yep. and you're always going to get that with a destruction army, with destruction versus destruction. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's very true. No, you know it's funny. That was actually, folks. That was actually a really great game. Um, that was a there is a very tough game. And you know what's funny is I was shocked. Uh, at how potent the Sons of Behemoth army, that particular build. I mean, Steve, you want to give up the goose and tell them your build, or you want to just tell everyone to go watch the Yeah, watch I mean, the build? I play basically a Gatebreaker army. My general has the Incandescent Rage Blade, so any sixes explode into another hit. Well, the last thing you want is a Mega Gargant to be able to hit you even more than he normally can right. at Ren 3, Damage 3, and that's the problem. <sighs> they... When they come in, they do mortals on their charge. When they hit you, they hit like a ton of bricks and you have no armor save unless you're a three up save. And then, and then even you can even surround them. If you don't have more than 20 models, they're dominating the objectives. And that's, that is the problem with them, but it's not a problem that can't be solved with a little healthy shooting. Yeah. Well, and and, and I tried that. I tried that. I I tried to show up with, uh, with, uh, uh, um, you know what three or four three units of four um iron or lead belchers and uh man i don't i don't think we did more than just irritate you well the problem is is that you have to be able to you have to be able to eliminate at least one or two of the mega gargans by turn three and if you don't the game's over right because the mega gargans will dominate every single objective they're on and they'll just keep getting objective you know those keep getting those victory points Mm -hmm. turn after turn after turn and by turn three you don't have enough turns left to catch up. That's true. So they're yeah. the kind of army that if you want to beat them, you have to beat them by turn two. Right. You have to literally shoot them off the table by turn two, or you have to do something catastrophic, like have a really tough unit come in, uh, and you cheated yourself. You're, I told you that your iron guts were damaged three. You thought they were damaged two. You so know, th- this is this is what I happens when you... When... Had more, I think if you would have had more iron guts... You could have wrecked me. You could yeah. have really done some serious well, damage. I think this is this is folks. This is why you don't drink before a game. You know, and Steve talks me into it all the time. You know, he's he's got he's got a problem and he tries to throw me right in there with him. You know, he's one he's one of those accompaniment drinkers. He needs help. You get drunk on apple cider. That's very true. Wow. That's very true. But uh, Justin, you're supposed to defend me on this. You can't let the guest beat me up like he that. He agrees with me. What do you? No, I'm not going to defend you on that one. Sorry. All right. Well, that, that's that's what I got, man. I I haven't been sniffing glue. We got another battle report that's going to be coming up on monday so uh watch yeah, out for those one. every monday from uh from grimdark live but uh, we're going to be right back with our guest and justin we're going to be talking about what we got in the news six yep. squared studios six squared studios i'll say it again 
Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios are the real terrain nerds you all need to be getting your terrain from. Get your commercial laser-cut MDF bases, silicone molds for resin prints, game and hobby accessories like 15 to 28 millimeter terrain, 15 to 28 millimeter figures, and 15 to 28 millimeter vehicles, and a lot more. Get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's sixsquaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios. Hey gang, today's news is brought to you by Six Squared Studios. Yep, an awesome company for all your gaming and hobby needs. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again, Six Squared Studios. So get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's 6-squaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios, where tabletop terrain is made by gamers for gamers. Just like their saying goes, gaming accessories made by gamers for gamers. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Tabletop terrain by expert nerds for exceptional nerds. All right, we are back, and we got the news with us tonight, man. And you know, and for, for you guys just joining us right now, we got uh, Steve that's with us here tonight. He's going to be here talking to us about uh, a lot that we have in the news, man. We better just get this uh, this 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 ball rolling because uh, uh, the first thing is always we got the rumor engine, man. So here it is, and uh, yeah, to me, I mean, this this one looks easy, right? I mean, it looks like a Stormcast Beast Hunter Archer thing, Dracothian Dracoff mount that's playing bagpipes. That's the best I've got, guys. What what, what are we looking at here, man? What is this thing? <laughs> I have no idea. This one, oh, and you know, it, it, it kind of looks like it kind of looks like that that particular beast or Dracoth is having quite a nice bowel movement. Looks very satisfied in the facial features, doesn't it? Okay, I'm going to go out on the limb. Okay, let's hear it. I don't think, I don't think it is Stormcast. Okay. I think it is Lumineth. Love it. Okay. I think it is a lion, a variation of a lion, of some kind. And I think it's from Tyrion's army. Oh, that would be slick. Okay, that's right. my guess. There's some there's some wishful thinking. Uh, Justin, what are we looking at here, bud? Okay, he just threw me for an absolute loop on that one. Now that he said that, right? Um, unfortunately, I think it's still Stormcast. I think we're looking at another hero from the Vanguard cha- chamber. Okay. Um. Because that is definitely a quiver with arrows in it and some kind of beast that's been slung over his shoulder like a prize or right. whatever. This might be a representative of the old Stormcast, the, the old Forge, not the new Armors Forge that we know is coming. Um, that it has to fight and survive in the wild because they can't reforge as readily. So it, it may be an old Scar hero or something of that manner. Really? Or that's quite a stretch. Or those javelins. That, that's 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 fletching unless he's carrying a very large bow yeah i mean i could see i could see that being like a a foot to head tall bow like a long bow mm-hmm. but i'm thinking this is going to be like an old scar veteran type scarred veteran mm-hmm. storm cast that's having to live off the land because they can't reforge as readily some so kind of hero from the old that we think that it's forces of order oh yeah definitely forces of order I- that's what I would agree to. I think it's definitely forces of order. Okay. The armor's the armor's too clean for it not to be. 
Well, I mean, I, yeah. you know, the funny thing is when I first saw it too, it just reminded me of those old Dracoth riders, you know, uh, of course, you know, I, I, but I, I like your ideas better because it's a little, it puts a little more fresh twist, especially Steve, what you were saying, if that thing really is some type of, uh, uh, you know, Sylvaneth or something like that that's going to be bringing in, or Kurnothy, that's, that's going to introduce, uh, you, that's what you said, right? Was it Sylvaneth or Kurnothy? What'd you say? No, 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 no. no I he think said it's going Luminath. to be Luminath. 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 Boy, I got to tell you. You know, folks, that's the other thing, too, that trying trying to get all the beer hops and bong resin out from between my ears. It's really tough to, to, to concentrate. No, sorry about that. Okay, so, and you, you're thinking that that's going to be a tie-in to Tyrion somehow, Might be right? something with Tyrion. It looks like a lion. And we know that Tyrion, you know, with the white lions, I don't know. I just think that's an aesthetic that's coming for Tyrion. It's either going to be lions or dragons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to see, man. I like your guesses better than mine, though. That's for sure. But, you know, guys, can we just all agree that uh, Kragnos is freaking awesome? Can we just can we just talk about oh, that? Yeah. I mean, I think I think that this thing is this this is really i think the breath of fresh air that a lot of people needed in destruction and i know that this is kind of an old piece of news but mm-hmm. um i i wanted to make sure that we give this guy as much light a day as possible because when i first saw what he was going to do you know forget about the two plus save 18 wounds all that kind of stuff and really what, what this reminded me of well first let me let me hear you know steve you first quick well, little snippet what, what do you think of Kragnos? have is we have a god character for destruction that is not a green skin Right. And that is something that we've never had. We've had Gordrak, who's kind of like a demigod in a way. You know, he's very powerful. Right. I mean, he certainly has the same amount of wounds as, you know, Alariel and, and, you know, the other elven gods. Right. So, yeah, I'm really excited for Kragnos. I think it is a breath of fresh air. He'll be in every single destruction army that is competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, his rules are phenomenal. He'll be the centerpiece of every army. I can't wait to put him with my Mega Gargans. Oh, um, man. I can't I wait to put just, him with my Ogres. Oh, I mean, having him as a centerpiece in any Destruction Army. Yeah. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that have been saying, well, he doesn't look Destruction. Really? Well, what does a Destruction Beast look like? You know, because I, yeah. so far, we've, yeah, we've only seen what? humanoid type destruction in the form of like giants and ogres human-like except just larger of course right and then Mm -hmm. we've seen green skins and variations of green skins true now we finally have something that is saying hey i can be destruction too and i don't have to be a green skin and i don't have to be a large humanoid yeah, yeah, and, and you know something, uh, Mega T Cash in the uh, in the chat just basically brought up that shield spell deflection is awesome and more and oh, none green skin, it's incredible. which is yeah. I got to be honest with you, I I I love that. I mean that I mean what what he's going to be able to do on the table. But you know what this reminded me of? Or actually, you know what? I'm, I'm just skipping ahead, Justin. Well, I was being rude, you man. We got the most. We forgot something about that shield. Okay, let's hear it. the shield. Lay, lay it on that me. shield. When you have a spell cast at him. He doesn't have to beat the the roll that you rolled. Oh, that's right. He has to beat what it takes to cast the spell. So yeah, right. there there goes so uh, that means there goes no techless. One, that means no techless. Right. Techless can't do his auto cast because yeah. if if a spell, let's say, is ten to cast, you still get to roll three dice, and if you 3D beat that 6. ten, what's that? It's three d six. Yeah. Three d six. Yeah. Three d six. So if, yeah, if you beat that ten. It's gone. So, in other words, no one is auto-casting against this guy. Right. He can stop a yeah. spell no matter what. That is 
huge. That is. I mean, that is absolutely huge. That is extremely huge. And and I. Uh, but Justin, what are your thoughts on on Kragnos, man? He he's a great looking model. I think the reason people are wondering why he ended up in destruction is because the Beast of Chaos aren't there. You know that they, he's got that aesthetic when you go back to like the Bull Centaurs and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So him not being a, another, I'm gonna say demigod of chaos here. You know, that's where I think people were like, wait, what? Because he's got the aesthetic for chaos, but not the aesthetic for destruction. Well, you know, the funny thing is, I'm, I'm, I want to kind of, and I got a little bit of a verbal tussle with somebody on, on the boards about this. You know, they were like, well, you know, he doesn't really fit, you know, uh, you know destruction. He fits more like he should be Why? Beastman. Well, I just said to him, I go, you know, I go, here's the thing. Beastmen play more like a destruction army than any chaos army I've right, ever come sure across. Right, sure do. Right. And, I, that's, and that's my point. And is that... so I, I just think that, you know what, actually, I'm, I love the model. I love that he's in the range. But you know what this reminded me of, guys? You know what this reminded me of? I'm going to take you guys down a, a walk down ogre memory lane here a little bit. But if you guys remember with the original uh, Beast Claw Raiders battle tome that came out prior to the Ogre Maw Tribes battle tome that we have now, they had a battalion in there called Bragoth's Beast Hammer. And for 230 points, you got a Frost Lord and a Stonehorn that basically uh, was Bragoth, who's name character. Um, you got to take two units of Mornfang and uh, two units of uh, Gorgruntas from the Orc from the Orc Warclans. And that battalion was just everything awesome about playing this game. And they got rid of it. And I've been kind of emotionally crushed ever since then. But when I saw Kragnos. And what you know he's going to be able to do by taking different destruction units in with with him and, and be able to, you know, I, I think in a way, Bragoth's Beast Hammer was kind of a test center for what eventually became Kragnos. That's just my hypothesis here. I don't know that for sure, but I got to tell you, if you if you look at and I got to be honest with you, for 230 points with that battalion, and I played it, you could wreck face, you could ruin your opponent's entire afternoon with one charge. Because this in this battalion, they could charge. They could immediately attack after they charge. And your Frost Lord, who's already hitting you on threes normally, got to hit on a plus one. So now he's hitting, hitting you on twos. And we all know what a Frost Lord does. Mm-hmm. So, to be honest with you, um, I think Kragnos was a product or a byproduct of what of what's to come of what we had with Bragoth's Beast Hammer. So uh, and if you guys out there listening don't know what this battalion was when it was around with uh, the Beast Claw Raiders uh, Battle Tome, Definitely check it out because it might give you a little bit of flavor of what we're in for, or, or you as a if you're if you're playing against destruction, what you're in for with Kragnos on the table. But uh, but Steve, you seem to think that Kragnos is going to be about 600 points, right? Uh, no. Well, actually, I was hoping he's going to be 500, but that's a that's a fool's dream. I know he's going to be. Yeah. I know he's going to be at least 600 points or over. If he's less than 600 points. Uh, that's a game changer because he'll be in every single Sons of Behemoth army. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think he's going to be 600 points. I do too. I think he'll be a God. He'll be God level points. Right. Which is fine because I mean, to tell you the truth, I'm buying the model just because I love the model. Right. I will probably rarely play him in games just because it'll be hard to take out it'll be hard to fit him into a mega gargant list right but um but i'm definitely buying the model and i definitely see a place for him in like bigger games by oh, yeah. side i want 2500 like points or something like that yeah sure yeah why not he's a um he's an outstanding model 
I think GW knocked it out of the park with this model. I think the people that are saying, well, he looks like he should be a chaos god. Well, I, I what does a beast of chaos god, I mean, what does a destruction god look like? Well, exactly. Because so far we've only got one, and that's just Gorkamorka. Right. You know, when, when, when bringing that up, Steve, I actually sent in a picture of my mother-in-law. Hopefully they would try to, you know. Will you stop? It'd be terrifying. It would be. No, I'm kidding. Um, but here's here's one. We're we're gonna have to keep rolling on with this thing. But but Steve, you ready for this one? Hold on to your hats, man. Uh, we're we're throwing it up there, man. Soulblight Grave Lords, they're coming. They're coming. Uh, yeah, I mean, we know that uh, this Saturday is going to be the pre-order for the Vampiric Lords of Shaiish and their monstrous servants. Um, so, and we know that uh, hopefully right after the the pre-order, we're going to get um, we're going to get the whole army and your sweaty palms the following Saturday. So, let's take a look real quick here, gang, of what this of what's up for this pre-order before we we, we get into any early thoughts and opinions. Because I, w- I want to get this out of the way first, because sure, I think there was a lot thrown at everybody in a short amount of time. Um, we know that we're getting a battle tome. We know that we're getting zombie box. I think there's 20 of them in that box with lots yes, of different 20 options. Box for zombies and skeletons. Okay, yep, skeletons again. Another box of 20 with some options. We're getting fell bats. We're getting blood knight cavalry. Which Steve and, and Justin, I want to hear your your opinions on the blood knights. Um, I because I think I think the blood knights are a stunning uh, model. I, I think that they they, they look oh, great. Oh, the model's gorgeous. Uh, you, you they outdid themselves. Yeah, we're getting some soul blight lords. Uh, obviously, cards and, and token dice and all that kind of stuff, and the big centerpiece model. You know, the big. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess human it, centipede. The, you know what? As as I was so aptly able to hear, uh, it looks like a monster up the vampire lady's butt. Uh, so I said butt. Um, but let's let's talk about her right now, the mother of nightmares. So this this Luca Vi, uh, as she's called, is mm-hmm. I guess if you guys understand what or know have heard of what the backstory was, because I've heard only about a five thousand foot view level of it. I guess she I guess uh, she was a monster hunting knight uh, with um, principles. You know, even her I guess she was very well respected even by all of her enemies, and she I guess she had an account an encounter with uh, Zeech. I guess. And Zeech somehow transformed her into this like raging monster beast lady. creature. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I guess now she's like inner conflicted, I guess is the storyline, you know, whether she wants to kind of be noble while she tears your throat out or just be a complete monster and tears your throat out, throat out, I guess. But you know what I thought was interesting is GW is doing this. They're kind of mixing the tonics here a little bit. You got the elves being messed with by Slanesh. Now you got the vampires being messed with, 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 with Zeech. It's kind of an interesting parallel they're making on the storyline, but um, before we go any further, Steve, what's what's your two cents in a tin can on the the Soulblight Grave Lords? Uh, they'll be sold out in every single store day one. You right. won't find a box set every anywhere. Yep. The limited edition book will be gone day one. The dice will be gone day one. The War Scroll cards will be gone day one. Um, it'll be one of the best selling armies that GW has all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to go beyond that. Uh, I think what GW did here was they played it safe. Okay. There were a lot of people that, and and that I'm happy with that and annoyed by that all at the same time. Number one, I think they missed a golden opportunity to create some phenomenal models, but uh, one of our, one of our crew seems to believe fire slayer, Dave, he seems to believe that the that this is going to be a Lumineth kind of army, where later down the road they're going to be releasing more things, more models. Well, and I tend to agree with him. Um, I don't think this is it. What we're getting, 
And if it is, I will be not disappointed, but I would say a bit crestfallen. Okay. I think I think that we had an opportunity for something like a werewolf. We had an opportunity for something like flesh golems, things that we have been thinking about and hearing about for years. Right. We also do not have a centerpiece for terrain. Now, that is a huge sign to me. Mm-hmm. The fact that we do not have a terrain piece coming with this army tells me the terrain pieces are going bye-bye in third edition. Yes, I, I, so, I, I can see them slowly being phased out myself. Yes, I think they're phasing them out because I think that they were causing them headaches. But that's okay. I, I could care less about the terrain piece. What I looked at, and the only army I even considered playing out of this book was the Blood Knights. Mm-hmm. So I really looked at the stats of the Blood Knights today, and um, they're a damn good unit. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They have a three-up armor, three wounds. Everything is threes by threes for their attacks. They're Ren 1, damage 1. If they kill a unit, they have the ability to increase their damage by 1. So, for instance, when you are charging in, you do damage 2 when you charge. Okay. If you have this ability you're going to be damaged three. Now, the problem I have with that is that how many opportunities are you really going to have in a game to get into more than one or two combats? Well, it's rare. On a cavalry it's unit, probably not rare. more than one, if you really think not, about it. Not Well, one or two at the most, okay? Well, the nice thing about these Blood Knights is that they all can ambush. Okay. That is nice. That is phenomenal. That is nice. So it, it sounds to you me could that pop out anywhere on the table, and you could cause some real headaches because these guys are armor safe three. They're right. not chumps, and if we're talking the new edition, you get plus one armor to save if you're charged. That means if they do come out and ambush and they fail their charge, they are now armor safe two. Yeah. So that's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. I don't think they're I don't think they're like the best knight unit ever, but I think they're pretty good. Oh, and they also have the ability if they kill a certain type of unit, every model in the unit gains plus one wound for the rest of the battle. So they now become four wounds instead of three. Right. They also movement have is the, ten. They also so, have the one that if they kill something, yeah. they get a plus two to their movement. There's no doubt that they're a sexy uh, cavalry unit. I mean, they're going to be in every single Gravelord army. Right. My question is, and this is the beef I have with this army, and maybe it's going to be remedied down the line. I don't know. Um, they missed an opportunity to give us a new zombie dragon lord. Sure. Where is the generic vampire lord on a nightmare that is going to be accompanying these knights? Is it just going to be the goofy human centipede vampire bat thing? Maybe. Because if there's two different versions the center, of them. Yeah. I mean, if that's going to be the centerpiece of the army, I, I mean, I'm sure the rules are going to be good for it. But I mean, we've talked to more than a few people and they've said it's just, I mean, some people love it. Some people hate it. But I mean, it just looks goofy. It looks weird. Yeah. Now, I, I don't have a problem with them taking on a new kind of aesthetic. In other words, well, we didn't want to go back to doing the same old boring thing with vampires with just the traditional vampire lord on the zombie dragon leading the army. We wanted to give you guys something new. Okay, fine, fair enough. But there are some of us that do want that 
vampire lord on a zombie dragon leading the army. And sure. I don't want to have to use a 10-year-old model that, quite frankly, stabs me every time I try to move it with those pointy, you know, terror geist or, or the tips snap off when you try to you yeah, know, move it. I right. Mean, look, there's ways around it. There's ways around it. I'm sure there's other dragons, you know, and other kinds of, you know, games that people are going to substitute for their zombie dragon lord. But I didn't want to have to go elsewhere to get it. I wanted GW to give that to us. Now, maybe they're going to. Maybe down the road there's going to be a zombie dragon model. I can see it happening if the army is very popular. Yeah. Well, I, I, would, but, I would hope they would to kind of help that along. Yeah, I agree I with you. I, th I think most... they need. I think they need a new zombie dragon. I think they need. They need. They need a new vampire lord, on a yeah. nightmare. They. They need all those things. Well, I think that people are going to. I, I. I can almost predict what people are going to do with this army. They're either going to go mega horde, with the zombies and the skeletons, or they're going to create super elite armies of blood knights like I intend to do. Right. And. Um, and either way is fine. I mean, play the play the the vampire army that you want to play. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, I think that's great. That offers some more variety and stuff. But yeah, I think it'll be an A plus selling army. Um, how it's going to fare on the table against some armies? It's going to do phenomenal. Against other armies, it's going to get its butt whooped. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think um, I, I I think I think it's going to be there. It's it's never going to do just okay on the table. I think this army is either going to do spectacular or it's going to get absolutely just mauled. Yeah, it's going to get wrecked against certain armies. Any mm -hmm. army that has high rend and high damage is going to wreck those blood knights. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a good point. But I think too that. Uh, they also have the opportunity, if you create a horde army, I mean, you're just going to dominate objectives. No one's ever going to get an objective off, you know, get you off an objective if you have 60 zombies. Yeah, no, that's 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 true. I mean, that's true. And, and you know, I mean, there's there's so much to talk about uh, on this on, on this army that we know that when we get a little bit more information, uh, we're, sure. we're going to hopefully have the, the discussion on them next week. So stick around for Grimdark Live on that one uh, when we talk about this army. And, of course, we're going to have more flushed out on them and more to kind of talk about. We'll have the battle tome in front of us, and we will we will have a good conversation at that time but um we also know too that there's there's some, some novels coming out uh the dynasty of the uh, of, of monster and i guess this one i'm actually interested in i really love reading about the lore even if i don't play the army uh i even read a lot of 40k lore and i don't even really even play 40k but uh the story is seems kind of interesting it, it basically a cursed line of vampires i really thought of you steve because you'd, you'd be somebody that would really like soak up to this type of type of stuff type of story i think but the story is kind of like a uh it, it it's a cursed line of vampires because of zeech and the the fluff kind of is kind of explained the the weird look of this vampy centaur monster creature lady thing uh but um I think I think the story is going to be great because I really don't care for the model. I'm going to say that right now. I, I'm listening to what you're saying about the 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 the, the blood knights. I'm listening to what you're saying about all that. And I'm excited for the army. I'm excited to have that new opponent on the table. I won't play the sure. army, but I'm excited for that. But the other thing is, I, I really think that the biggest thing that I've heard that people are kind of turned off by is that centerpiece. I mean, let, you know, Steve. Let's let's be honest here. We've actually spoken to some. GW folks that aren't that happy with the oh, centerpiece. Yeah, there's more than a few. There's more than a few. So I think, I think GW is going to regret not having a zombie dragon lord uh, 
as one of their centerpieces with the right. release of this army. Yeah. Because yep. there are so many people that are traditional vampire players, which is why they went the safe route. That's why they didn't do vampires. Yeah. They went the safe route. They knew that the majority of vampire count players wanted their classic. Yep. And classic vampire count army and they even talked about it. as a matter of fact when they first revealed the white lord on the skeletal steed they even said you know we went back to our roots with this army right and we wanted to create an aesthetic that people uh, an endearing aesthetic that people had been playing for years mm-hmm. hence yeah. that uh skull with the bat wings on the shield for the white lord Right. So they knew that that's what their vampire players wanted. I yeah. only wish they wouldn't have taken a leap into the surreal with this centerpiece yeah. model. I've heard it put. I've heard it put. You know, Kid Chaos, uh, you know, basically said that that, that they kind of took a high fantasy approach to these center centerpieces. Yes, and they you know, sure it's funny. Did. He's exactly right. Uh, that's exactly what they did. Yeah, and 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 one, right here on the chats, Rhett M basically said they already have a zombie dragon guy with the flesh eater quartz, and that's true. They do, they do. But I think what we're talking about here, Rhett, is something a little more new and updated versus yeah, like that, an armored zombie dragon, something like because that. Remember yeah. what mm-hmm. we're dealing with here. These Castellan blood knights do not see themselves as evil. They are noble. Yeah, they are warriors. Mm-hmm. That clan, if they're if they're going the blood knight route. Blood Knights would not go and just slaughter a village uh, indiscriminately. Sure. They would always seek out warriors to prove their worth because they have a code of honor. They have a knight's code of honor. Well, yeah, they're they still knights. Vampires. They may serve, you know, evil, if you will, but they still have a code of honor. Mm-hmm. And they're not, and, and a lord, a lord of these knights would be on something that was a noble steed, like a dragon yeah. that had maybe armor on it, you know, and that had heraldry on it. Yep. That's what I see. Now, I understand there's other people looking at the new human centipede vampire and they're going, oh, you know, okay, that's pretty cool. It'll be something different on the table. And and there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. If you like that, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying for a traditional vampire count player, it's not the, it's not the aesthetic I would have preferred. Yeah, and what you're saying is a lot of people wanted the old Nosferatu type of, you know, uh, you know, Transylvanian well, type, wanted, of, type of a type of a, a vampire, right? Well, I think people. Well, I, I actually no. I think most people okay. wanted the Blood Knights. That so that's why GW was very smart. They would they made the Blood Knights look the yeah. way they should. Yeah, they did a great job. Hundred yeah. percent A plus on the new Blood Knight model. I agreed. I do agree with and that one. I think that that is the aesthetic that they wanted to roll with. I think the more traditional Nosferatu vampires might come later. We don't know. Mm-hmm. I hope Remember, so. We haven't seen Monfred yet. We haven't seen Neferata yet. Now I know these people are going to say, "Oh, they already have models." Well, yes, they do. But are we going to get new versions? If this army is popular enough and it sells the way I think it's going to sell, uh, I guarantee you, you're going to see other models come for this army. And I do think that this army will get the Lumineth 
2.0 tree. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And you know, let's, let's stick a pin in the conversation on that one right there. Cause we got to move on to our next news topic. And then of course we got our main topic talking about, uh, you know, blades of corn, but, but folks, I want to give you a little peek behind the curtain of what today's question of the day is. That's going to be coming up later here on the show. So uh, think about your answer when you hear this, but here it is. You ready, Steve? You ready? You ready, Justin? I'm ready. All right. Go. Yeah. So here's the question of the day that's going to be coming up later here on Grimdark Live. And this is a good segue off of the, off of the vampire topic right now. Will soul blight grave lords be the dawn of a new death resurgence, or are they just a band-aid release? So there you go. That's the new question of the day that we're going to be asking again here later in Grimdark Live. And it, 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 it's, will soul blight grave lords be the dawn of the new death resurgence, or are they just a band-aid release? So we're going to be getting to that um, at the end of the show. So let, let's keep rolling on here with uh, the Games Workshop reveals that happened uh, this this past Saturday. Um, and what we all know has been confirmed uh, coming up uh, for for Age of Sigmar 3.0, and it's definitely dropping. We know that that's we know we definitely know that that's happening. Um, they didn't mention July, but you know, good old Uncle Grimdark and Grimdark Live here definitely did, and we know that it is going to be July. That that much you can take to the bank. Um, but let's talk about real quick the thoughts on the reveals. I mean, did you guys see the, uh, the this countdown timer that GW put up? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, that pretty much spells out a lot of things that, that, that we kind of revealed. I mean, and it, and it kind of kind of shores up a lot of things that our sources uh, had told us, right? Yeah, summer release. Yeah. yeah. So so let's, let's get into this. Let's get into the rules evolution a little bit. Now that we know the game is coming, we know that AOS 3.0 is going to drop in July. We know that we're going to get some preface set to that July release in June. But um, let's talk about this. We know that we're getting, um, you know, extra CP if you if you don't go first. Let's say you take second turn, uh, you're going to get one additional uh, command point. Uh, the double turn is staying. What do you guys think about that? I know I'm in the minority. I love, love it. it. I love the double. Okay, love St- it. Justin, what do you think? Double turn. No, could have gone in the way of the dinosaur. Oh, really? You wanted to go back to the old <laughs> I go, you What's go, matter, I go, Justin? you go. <laughs> no, nothing. I, 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 we all know my stance on the double turn. I don't like the yep. mechanic. I think that that mechanic should have been pulled. Um, if you want to do, if you want to do it where you get extra CP and whatever, it's a good counterbalance and I'll be okay with it. It's just, I, I personally don't like the idea that a double turn can win you the game in turn three, but I, I, what I, they I just... did introduce, which I thought was awesome is now if you're double turned in turn three, or if you lose priority for turn three, you get to eliminate an objective. That's going to be huge. Yeah. Because... Well, no, I, I'm not saying that they didn't. Cha- they're not changing things to make that double turn have less of a bite to yeah, it. Which is what. And which and, is what and that's and that's why I'm not poo-pooing on it completely because they are changing. Yeah. The mechanic that if you choose to go second, you get extra CP. If you get double turned on turn three or whatever, which normally can end a game, you can eliminate an objective that might keep you from losing that game. I mean, there's a bunch of things in there that are oh, going to save that. So the double turn doesn't have that same sting like it currently does. Well, let me let me let me throw my two cents in this thing. I'm glad that the random turn is staying. All right. I mean, obviously it's not elegant. I get it. It's kind of clunky uh, and thematically kind of weird. I, I do get all that, but I've liked it since day one. Um, but it really is such an integral part of Age of Sigmar that I'd yes. still be sad to see it go if it did. I think it's got to stay. I think it's a core mechanic, and I kind of like to see that it's still around. Yeah. Now, here's and the thing. And it's what the game designers actually said that they considered it to be at the very core of the game mm-hmm. mechanic. Because yeah. when you really think about it, it's the unpredictability of what's going to happen next in the game. 
that prevents the kind of bullying that we've seen in the past on the tables uh, in 6th, 7th, and 8th edition. In other words, if you knew your, you were going to be going next, your strategy was going to change because of it. But now you've got to think on the fly. Yeah. Because, for instance, if my Mega Gargants are coming across the table at Justin's uh, Shooty Cities Army, what's that army called, Justin? What's the city? Cities of Sigmar. Or the, the... Greywater, Greywater Fastness. Greywater Fastness. So if I come across the table and I'm, and I'm within range of him, he shoots, then he gets the double turn, he's going to wreck me. Yeah. He's going to wreck me. Right. But if I get if I get to go next, then it it swings the whole the, the whole uh, flow of the battle. Right. I mean that's what that's why I like it because even though it sucks, even though it always happens at the worst times, it's always screwed us in games. It's still a fun mechanic Absolutely. that prevents the right. traditional and, and I, bullying that we've seen in games. But and I'm not I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I mean, because it does happen to both sides. There's points where you want the double turn and points where you don't want it, and sometimes you get hit with it, and sometimes you don't. What the reason the double turn? My big aesthetic on the double turn was we know that the board sizes are shrinking, and that would have messed with the double turn unless they did something to counterbalance it. Because a double turn on a smaller board, that's a big kick in the nuts. So I'm gonna uh, personally. You, so I'm going to ask you a question about that, and this I'm going to ask to both of you. Okay. Do you think the smaller board size is going to cause an imbalance in the game? Uh, I think it's going to favor certain armies, but I think things will balance out eventually. There's, there's, there's always a. I, I, I always, I always, um, I always say this. Uh, when 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 Maga King of Nurgle first came out in early, I'm going to call it Age of Sigmar 1.5 before 2.0. There was a total imbalance because it had things like terrain features. It had things like uh, turn trajectory pieces. It had a lot of things. So I always think that it will. I think I think first of all, a 44 by 60 board is going to play huge into destruction. Are you kidding me, man? Um, I agree. Orcs being I, I think, orcs I think being mad as hell every time they get shot. Yeah, that, I, mean, I think it's going to unbalance the game for a little while. Too, just because there's going to be that there's going to be that intermediate that okay the board is smaller shit's going to get to me quicker pardon my language yep. but it's going to get to me quicker because um, right now shooting armies already have a limited window of how many shots they can take before the army gets there so yep. it's going to shorten that which makes the shooting armies have to deal a lot more and it, it's going to balance them out in the long run but then the same thing goes for close combat armies that may need a turn to build up a defense line a little bit to take the hit before well, it comes in. And that's, and that's, know, a, that's it, a good it's, point. It's, it's, it's a balancing act. It, and it's going to be that way for the first couple of months while everybody's kind of I figuring agree, out that table. Well, so let, let's keep, let's keep rolling here, man. Let's keep rolling. Cause that, that's a, that's a whole nother show right there, man. Oh yeah, um, it is. And but we'll we be having know... it as soon as the rules come out. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we also know too, that the battalions are changing. The core battalion mechanism is, is they're Good. saying is aiming to fix list building. So it looks like the, the inner book battalions are going to go the way of the dinosaur and the dodo, but, um, and we don't really know the details fully, uh, but it should be uh, a selection of units that I guess you're gonna you're gonna have to pick to, to you know to, to to go into those certain generic I don't want to call them generic because that's kind of a lousy word but there's gonna be core uh, battalions and it's the, core battalion yeah yeah but you know let's let's go on to the lovely uh, favorite child of Games Workshop and that's a Stormcast and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go back on a lot of the negative things I've said about the Stormies um, in the past and they're the clear winners 
I got to be honest with you of that reveal. Super sexy Vindicators, man. Those things look awesome. The sleeker Ooh. armor and spears are a welcome addition to the roster, and they look like uh, they, they 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 look like they actually fit even with a larger, like bulky Liberator uh, type of type of models. I'm gonna say two thumbs up, absolutely, Games Workshop for for those right there. Um, and, and let me kind of let me get on my soapbox here a little bit because I really got to kind of go backwards and, and, and eat a lot of crow here for some of the lousy things I've said over the years on Stormcast. But the someone, someone get Chuck on the line. Yeah, the, the Annihilator. I got to be honest with you. Uh, very nice. Uh, the Paladins with shields are a thing that's that's really missing as well. Uh, this, this this kind of this kind of dude uh, kind of fills that 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 void, if you will. But I'm not a hundred percent on the additional armor in his in his like face cheek area that looks a little wonky but but everything else is great you know he he also avoids the admittedly stupid stormcast eternal hammer design i like that that they kind of got away from that um you know type of ping hammer type of looking thing but uh um and and not to be outdone uh indrajia the 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 angel lady phenomenal um uh, you know it's funny I, I, I agree with you, but then I go back and forth. I, I'm like torn like an old sweater on that one, Steve. She'll be because, in every narrative. Oh, well, Army. what she does, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not quite sure about her, though. Uh, I think it's a fantastic sculpt, no doubt, but the overall design differs a little, much from the overall Stormcast design, particularly the wing-wise. That the, 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 She actually has feathers, not lightning bolts. I thought that was kind of kind of cool and kind of, I don't Like I said, I think she's going to be a complete ass-kicker, but I don't know... I don't know how I feel about the model yet. I got to kind well, of she's, think she's about that one. Version of Saint Celestine. Yep. Right. That's exactly who's great that's parallel, Steve. That's great our parallel, AOS Steve. Version of Saint Celestine. Yeah. Okay. From 40k. Yeah. Oh, she'll be in every. Yeah. That, that is that is a great parallel. I just oh my god, you just you just like hit me over the head with that one, Steve. That was assault. Wow. That's yeah, you're who right. She is. Okay. Okay. And she'll be in every Stormcast army. She is absolutely, absolutely gorgeous as a model. I mean, I'll tell you what, if this would have been the Stormcast they would have released back in the day, you would not, you would not nearly one tenth of the of the hate that people had towards the Stormcast first released. Right. That's true. This this model is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's Angel true. Wings, you're going to tell me that that was not the aesthetic they were going. Well, do you remember Steve? Do you remember Steve back in Age of Sigmar 1. Actually, right right before 2.0 dropped, everyone was talking about the Angel army that was going to be coming out. Remember that? Uh-oh. Yeah, I... but the Angel army people think she's the ass. Yeah, we're we're kind of losing or Steve. He's Angel on his uh, he's on a cell phone there a little bit, so we're kind of losing him a little bit. Oh, uh, well, uh I don't think that the, I don't think that Angel Army aesthetic is going away. Like that's coming. No. There, we're going to see more Stormcast troops like that. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. They're coming. I hope so. But speaking well, of we, armies, we, we got two echelons that are that are pushing uh, the heavens. So we can yeah. see it either from Lumineth or we're going to see it from Stormcast. It's going to be in or both. Well, speaking of armies, and we got to keep rolling here. Um, but if you guys, you guys remember seeing the video at the end. Uh, yep. which which talked about this new destruction army, and and let me let me just let me just say this, um, gang, everyone listening, everyone watching right now, it's not Vermeer. Stop it. Yeah. Sadly, no. Uh, it's not Silent People. Sorry, folks. Not Vermeer. Nope. Not Silent People. As we've said here on Grimdark Live, 
It is hobgoblin-esque type grots like we've been seeing all along. Uh, and, and, and look, I, I, I'm going to show you some rumor engine picks that I've been putting together while these guys were talking here a little bit that have been, that have been put together to really show that it is hobgoblin-esque grots. And I, I kind of want to go through this of why this is important to kind of kind of flush all this stuff out because there's a lot of people getting their hopes up that it's going to be Famir. And let me tell you something: Famir is a Forge World uh, model line, right? And and I think yeah, the GW, a failed I, Forge World uh, model line thank that you. not a single person ever played. I, I in the t- five years, twenty five, twenty five years, I have seen one one person, right? One. That has ever played those models, and it was our buddy Randy. Yeah, <laughs> one. Yeah, and, and yep. in twenty-five years. And, and guys, here's the thing: if 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 GW wanted to bring in a Forge World army, they would have done that with the with the, the Chaos Dwarves long before the Femir. All right. So it, it just because just because somebody in a poem said bog or swamp doesn't mean it's Femir. So so get that out of your head. And I'm going to tell you why it isn't Femir or Silent People. First, let's just start here. Our source who's very close to, to Games Workshop, said hobgoblin-esque goblins. Doesn't mean they're hobgoblins. It means they're a Mongolian aesthetic, armored type of new goblins. Specifically, they said smaller than orcs, bigger than grots. That is not a Femir, and they're not bug people, so it's not silent people. Well, so Justin made a very good point about the models themselves, aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and rephrase. Go ahead and say that again, Justin, because yeah. it was great what you said earlier. Right. The, the Femir in general had an ugly aesthetic that didn't fit anything right. or what that kind of thing. The fact that the army didn't sell to the point where it would have made a standard army. And the first time we saw them was technically in the hero quest box set, the original one, there was five of them in the box. That was it. Mm-hmm. And then they went to a forge world army that sat on a shelf and collected dust. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to, everyone everyone up here that I'm kind of showing on the screen, take a look at this. Um, look at the compilation of the rumor engines that all point towards a goblinoid, goblinoid type army. You know, mm-hmm. our, our source, like I said. Aesthetically, said, they're going to look like. Well, smaller than orcs, taller than That's goblins. That's what we were told. And, and, and he, everybody has to remember one other thing. Vermeer are technically, if you read their lore and you read about their lore, they are taller than orcs. Well, and not only that, guys. Not only a that. A lot taller. Let me, let me get. Let me get to. Here. Let me get to this. Yeah. Let me. Let me get to the one yeah. totem thing here too. So, uh, the the plastic totem that everyone has been 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 noticing on Kragnos's uh, base on the rocks there by Kragnos's base. Yeah. The plastic totem even has a goblinoid look, a goblin touch, if you will. This yeah. is the strongest piece lending to what our source has stated yes. as hobgoblin-esque grots as a new destruction army. So, yes. again, right. folks, I hate to be the one that's bursting everyone's hope de doopty you know, the, the idea of Vermeer and is all making me moist and giddy. But, you know, wake <laughs> up, because it's not Vermeer. It's not silent people. Not it's, it's, it's hobgoblin-esque grots. And let me, let me put one more nail in the coffin. If you guys remember... The, uh, the the final picture that was brought up as far as something lurking in the woods and all that kind of stuff. If you remember that, you know, you see all those red eyes? Those are two red eyes. Two red eyes. Famir are Cyclopean. And if they were silent people, if they were bugs, they'd have six, eight, ten eyes, whatever a bug has. So a, a, a Famir 
has is a cyclops, cyclopean eye, one. And also red eyes, through the history of this game, Steve, you've been doing it for 25 years. Through the history of this game, red eyes have been synonymous with? Green skins. Exactly. Green skins. Goblins. Justin, you've been, you've been doing this. Look, guys, folks, we're three old men that have been playing this game a long time. And we've seen this kind of happen before. Like, this isn't new. They're kind of pulling stuff out of 5th and 6th edition Warhammer Fantasy Battles, and they're reintroducing it. And, and you know, um, here's the thing. Uh, these are definitely not going to be Vermeer. They're definitely not going to be silent people. I, I, what, I'm not saying I wouldn't like it to be. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be wavy yeah, gravy, be man. Awesome. Yeah, it'd be awesome. But it's not. And it, it, it's, it's not going to be. And here's the thing, too. As far as, like, the I know what the poem said. All right, I got it. Bog and all that kind of stuff. But also says lurking in the woods. Um, and, you know, could it be uh, swamp grots of some type, possibly? Maybe they are. Maybe they're whatever. But what we're going to stick to is hobgoblin-esque grots. Smaller than yes, orcs, they're, bigger they're than gills. They're a new breed of green skin. Mm-hmm. They're exactly. a new breed of green skin. Yep. That's, I mean, it's it. I mean, uh, they're, they're not familiar guys. So, I mean, if you're thinking that they're familiar, I mean, that's great. I'm not saying, you know, you're, you know, right. a bad person because you think it's familiar. I'm just telling you, you're going to be disappointed. It's not familiar. Yeah. 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 And, and you want to know something, you know, um, you know, um, uh, the harrower brought up a good point, you know, in, here in the chat. She says, not saying it's familiar, but there is an image, uh, in the video of a single red eye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, sure. You know, maybe one fell out. Maybe the one got shot out. Maybe they were winking. I, I don't know. But the fact is our source, the biggest thing is our source at GW said Hobgoblin Escrots. Uh, and, well, and Vermeer was a failure when it was first out. Failure. Garbage. If you actually look at some of the lore in the pictures from the old Hobgoblin-esque or the Hobgoblin pictures, a lot of them had eye patches and things of that matter because part of part of inquiring rank and order was you took the eyes of your enemy to make them subservient to you. So okay, that, was well, part of, that, that was part of their was lore. Was it? Really? So, yes. Right, yes, I just learned something new myself. Okay. All right. So that's that's everything we got uh, we, we we got in the news as far as I know. But look, guys, I I want to I want to end it with this. It's not it's not that um, how do I want to put this without sounding like complete any, any more of like a like a like a jerk that I was. I didn't mean to come out like that, guys. I I respect everyone's hopes and wants and and it, but the, but the fact is is that as much as we all would like to see it be Vermeer or Silent People, Silent People, I'd really like. I'd really like to see Bug People, you know, over over anything. Trust me. Oh, they're coming. Oh, they give are. It, just not give now. it a year. Give it a couple, a year or two. I mean, oh yeah, they're coming. I mean, this game is evolving so fast mm-hmm. that yeah. we're seeing we're seeing yeah. armies just pop out of the woodwork. So give it a year, and you might see your silent people. Give it a yeah. Give it two years. People, Hell, you might even later, see you, you might see the premiere pop up in a year or two. You never right. know. It's just this game evolves so quickly that they they're trying to get the aesthetics done that they know people are looking for. Right. And you want to know something? You might see the premiere come up in a year or two, and they won't sell then either. How about that? <laughs> no. All right. Unless All right. they completely revamp the model. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I was being a jerk again. Hey, but anyway, uh... but but here's the thing. You know, that's it. That's all. That's all we got for the news. We're going to be moving into uh, fixing blades of corn. But Steve, thank you so much for being with us tonight, dude. Not a problem, man. Have a great conversation. Chaos. And then we're going to definitely hey, be doing that. And of course, you know, Steve has, has, uh, is calling in from the penitentiary, so he only gets limited time on the phone. But hey, Steve, thanks again for being with us tonight, dude.
Yep. Thanks for being here, buddy. All right. We are going to be right back with uh, Blades of Corn. Hey, gang. I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12. GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com. They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. Fixing blades of corn. That's what we got to do here at tonight's show, and that's what we're going to be talking about. So let's um, let's dive right in, man. We kind of had a pretty healthy news uh, news side of it, and then uh, really kind of wrung that old bar rag out on that one. But um, but here we well, go, is there gamer. A bar rag or a bucket? Oh man, I got to tell you, I don't. I, I think I I got like a hundred people mad at me about the Vermeer thing. I promise, I'd love to see it be Vermeer, but it's not. So it's Grotz. Let's just roll on. All right, here we go. Um, all right, gamer goons. Uh, we got, uh, you know, here's what I'm going to say right now. Grab the skull of your recently killed uh, enemy for a drink and, and maybe their uh, their flesh for a snack and sit back because we're going to be talking Blades of Corn, specifically how to fix this army because I've always had a healthy respect for Blades of Corn. I always mm-hmm. felt that they kind of got the shaft a little bit being with the Bloodbound when it came out in the Get Started box to introduce Age of Sigmar or uh, to Age of Sigmar to everybody. I always felt that, uh, hey, they didn't get a statue there in Nottingham. You know, the Stormcast did. Um, and I think that they've kind of been the, uh, uh, the, the redheaded stepchild, if you will, in the corner. Uh, and as you already know, gang, uh, corn is the God of blood, uh, skulls, battle, all that kind of good stuff. And, and this should be all you really need to know if you're willing to give your life over to him and let him, you know, save your soul. Right, Justin? Um, uh, yeah, you can put it that way. But, but the topic here, uh, this evening, you know, is, is, you know, can this army that's got this great lore, great aesthetic, uh, great you know, you know, really mechanics in many ways, can, can it be saved as what it appears to be is really in a doldrum? I mean, I know that, um, you know, we're, we're kind of at the, the, as I said before, the twilight of AOS 2.0, but Justin, we got to ask ourselves a serious question. You know, we're, we're here to talk about fixing blades of corn and, and we got kind of mm-hmm. an uphill conversation on our hands about this one. Yeah, we kind of do. They're, they're, they're kind of like the, the, the missing person on the, on the side of the milk carton, you know, <laughs> <laughs> could you just see like cool grass, you know, or cruel, you're sitting on the milk carton, you know, have you, <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you seen me? <laughs> yeah. It's, it, uh, it's unfortunate because the aesthetic of the army is, is they're a beautiful army when they're, and they're, they've got great ideals behind them. It's just the rules have fallen flat. Yeah. And, and that's where it's put them in that. You know, you know what's funny is is it's hard to say where they're actually could fall in a tiering system. 
well, at this point. Well, I think I think we know. Even though, even though tournaments have kind of been a little bit, you know, uh, snagged up I, with I, all this COVID nonsense. But I think we I think we know where they're at. I mean, and, and again, I'm going to say this right now. I don't think it's necessarily just an army thing here. Um, I'm no. going to put a little blame on GW because, I, as I said before, and I'll say it again, and this is the last time I'll say it, but I think that they got the shaft from the beginning. Um, as I said, you know, they don't have a statue in Nottingham, and they and the Bloodbound were the other. I mean, think about it this way: What would Superman be without Lex Luthor? What would Batman well, like, be without, right, without the right. Joker? What would Up be without Down? Light without Dark? I mean, every every good guy army, i.e., Stormcast, needs a bad guy army, i.e., Bloodbound, Blades of Corn, and you know, they were. I think they were just kind of tossed off to the side, in my opinion. And I mean, they definitely don't have as much attention on them as, say, the Stormcast do. I mean, I think we can agree well, on that. Yeah, we can agree on that. I think that I think they fall into the same category that most of the chaos do is that they're they were divided into two separate armies. They were the mortals and then they were the demons, and each side was trying to get their 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 rules balanced. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh well, we're just going to forge the two books together, and uh, what what do we just do? That that you know that was kind of the it was like a deer in the headlight moment. Yeah. Wait, why why did we do that? You know, and now it's kind of like they're trying to fix. The Chaos Demon Armies, right. which and the Chaos Armies Generals, which they started with Zinch and they got them in a good spot. Then they did Slanesh, they got them in a good spot, and now it's like, okay, now we got Nurgle and we got Corn. Oh well, I, I just, and we, I just and we and we know Nurgle's on the forefront, and they're going to be great. And Corn is kind of taking that back seat. You know, he's just sitting on his throne, going, "Hey, where's my skulls? Where's right. my new rules?" Right. And that happened because there was no definitive merger between the mortals and the demon realms. Of those armies, and then all of a sudden it was like, uh, okay, we just threw darts at against the fan and it shot it right back at. Well, us. let's 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 start out the conversation here. Let's get right to the right to the marrow of this one because I think we kind of went yeah. a little long with the news, uh, and let's open up with some of the strengths and weaknesses of this army. I think that's really the best way we can do it as far as figuring out how to fix it. I mean, right. um, and, and and really, again, folks, as it's you know, how are we going to fix this army as it stands in the twilight of Age of Sigmar 2.0? Well, maybe it can be something that can be thought of moving into the new edition, because you know they're not going to get a book right away. So this is oh, going to no. be something that you corn players out there, and even some of you chaos players that play a mixed bag type army may have to consider. So let's get into their strengths here. Um, let's talk one of their, their their main mechanics that I guess could be a, a, a weakness too, but is a strength, is blood tithes. I right. mean, this, this makes it so you benefit heavily from either killing enemy units and even losing your own. So effectively making you stronger as the game uh, goes on. So let me throw this one at you, Justin. Let's have a discussion mm-hmm. about this. So, I actually let me start out with a question first. You know, sorry, the ADHD in my mind is bouncing yeah, around. You're, you're good. You're good. Do, do units with just the keyword corn get access to to blood tithe rule, or only only uh, blades of corn? Do you know? I I believe they changed it to corn units. Okay, in the prim- right. that's in the what I book. thought too. That's what I thought too. So, the the book cor- currently the the book currently itself is heavily balanced around gaining blood tithe. We already know that. Mm-hmm. So to to get those, uh, you know, big summons in order to get those tithes, in order to summon those things in that you really need, um, they, they, they don't have the summons mainly because of, you know, lack of models. The army tends to really die off, you know, as far as, you know, the, the, the blades of corn itself. The army tends to die off without a payoff due to all the all or nothing type of a, a nature of the tie, the blood tie. That's why I said it, it's kind of a strength and a mm-hmm. weakness at the same time. I think that's something that, uh, to, to kind of start the conversation off with that, that's kind of the balancing point of this army where it probably 
uh, needs to be re- refocused and re-looked at. Because I think when you look at the summoning, like take Slanesh with their pervert points, or take Nurgle uh, when they can bring people in through uh, their, their pestilence, um, they kind of have a better better mix of the way to do it. But I think the way Korn plays and some of the deficits like lack of shooting, they, the, the army's not really there anymore by the time they need to summon something in. That's been my experience playing against Korn, and that's been my experience seeing Korn as far as, um, you know, in, in, in gameplay. What are your thoughts on that right there as far as uh, the, the blood tithe? Tithe points are a little finicky when it comes to generation and that's what gives them the problem. So the, the, they have way too many options in terms of what they can summon in mm-hmm. with their blood tithe points. So you right. usually end up having people who go for the bigger gusto, like bringing in the greater demons of corn or, you know, bringing in something that's fast if they need it, things like flesh hounds or something of that sure. matter. Sure. I think they would benefit if they had the same kind of generation system as the slanesh does where okay. you know they they take damage or they lose a model they get they i mean it's almost the same in that regard it's like you t- you do damage to me i get blood type i do damage to you i get blood type okay that, that would balance them out but i think they need to have that mechanic where all those points are almost halved you know in in terms of okay a greater demon cost you know 30 points to bring in maybe he should only be 20 you know, well, you can, yeah. you can get, so you, you, you it, think, you think the blood tithes are too high as far I think as summoning too, I, think, I think they're too high in terms of what the mechanic requires, you know, mm. and that's, and that's part of the problem with summoning in general. And this is one of the armies that can do it. And there's, there's only a handful of them that we know. And I think they either go to one extreme of the summoning or they're at the very bottom of the summoning. But I think you so, have to be careful because summoning is kind of one of those things where you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because if right. they make it, it too cheap, it, we're going to go back to what death was you, in you know. You're dropping two thousand points on turn. You're dropping two thousand points on yeah. turn three because you've got yeah. We, yeah, and that's well, we, that's we that. that's a problem with the summoning side. So is that maybe maybe it needs to be just rehashed completely that if they do so much damage in a turn they can summon something you know okay which w- instead of actually collecting points it's just they do 20 damage in a turn and they can summon a five-man unit of blood letters or something like that you know okay. something simple that would make them easier to do you know well let's 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 talk about that because you said something in, in terms of being able to, to kill you know uh, the the opponent all right, with, with blood ties. I still think you have a few good options to bring onto mm-hmm. the table. You know, you've right. got Skull Reapers. You know, they're they're you know um, they're they're quite good. And I think adding a, a Chaos Lord on on Karkadrak with uh, with a, with a Gore Cleaver uh, and the what is it, Hugh the Foe. Um, right. I think he's tanky mobile. I think he can hack through most things. All right. I think Chaos Marauders are also excellent here as as they are very you know. Uh, usable and actually in every every chaos battle tome, um, but you know the funny thing about that is here we are already talking about fixing blades of corn and we're already talking about leaving blades of corn. You know with the with the chaos lord on Karkadrak and Marauders right. and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's the other thing right. too. I think I think that this 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 um this book and I got it right here in front of me, folks. We're talking blades of corn right here. Uh, I I think that it there. I don't know that the book was necessarily well. Uh, thought out is that is that a fair way to put it? Because it just seems like there's right. a lot of gaping holes when this army really should be a lot better than it is. And you know, I know in the chats here, you know, Sean brought up you you need to have eight I, units yeah. to be killed to get a bloodthirster. Yep, I was just gonna say that it's like that's eliminating eight units to well, get a bloodthirster. That's tough. 
Well, exactly. And that's why I think there's it's it's an uphill piece to be a, a corn player. Right. And, you know, another weakness that's glaring them in the face, you know, besides the fact that, we, as we just talked about, that their main mechanic, Blood Tithe, kind of works against them in the same breast that it does work for them. Mm-hmm. I think that one of their w- main weaknesses is no ranged attacks to speak of. Right. They I have mean, no way of generating from distance. Well, well, they do have they do have the court the skull cannon. But oh, let's don't. Be, but, but let's be no. honest, it's yeah. a one shot cannon, and it's a like what two hundred points for one of them. Yeah. So you're you're gonna get what maybe two, yeah. maybe three if well, you're pushing that button. Maybe, but you know how many times do people just end up charging that thing into something rather and than shooting gone. something? Yeah. It kind of has the same. By... It kind of has the same curse as the uh, the the iron blaster in the ogre maw tribes. You know I, exactly. I, so. But it know, doesn't is... have the it doesn't have the wound characteristics to survive like a steam tank or something like that, you know, because it's just it's just a demon. It's yeah. basically a mobile demon with a gun. Yeah, exactly right. And I think too, I think the other part is this this army seems to be very one sided balanced. You know, if you look at again one of their strengths, I guess to kind of keep you know you know you know ping ponging back and forth on this thing, I think their elite units are very strong in melee combat. Um, Blood Reavers are great. Mm-hmm. I love them. I think I think. Um, People get disappointed in them because they they're they're paper thin and they they die in droves and it's you know hard to uh, get them all into combat with their you know their 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 big bases you know the big thirty two inch bases but I don't think you right. should use them in that way and 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 this is where I want to get to too Justin you and I have these conversations all the time about right. you know it's may, maybe not maybe not it's not the army itself right maybe it's the way that they're playing them right the general or the army and I think a lot of these corn players try to have these big beefy units um and you know when you talk about say blood reavers and, and stop me if you don't agree with me but i think they're they're awesome as a dirt cheap 70 point screening unit that exists to block your opponent from charging into your good stuff right 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 and no, i i definitely agree with you on that yeah. you know it's you know it the the, the disadvantage again on that is there's nothing unless you have the what is it the blood secretors and all the other buffers behind them like you said they're paper thin well you know yeah so they have to be used more tact tactfully than you know clobbering somebody with a a 40-man unit of guys that you don't care about exactly right and and that's just the point that that i think we're both here making folks is that that if you if, if you if you get to attack with them they'll do a lot more damage than you would expect from a 70 point unit so right. I personally really, really like uh, the Blood Reavers. But if you if you take them in blocks of, say, 20, right, and expect them to go fight your opponent and clear objectives, you're really just going to be disappointed. But if you take them in, say, 10s, I would mm-hmm. say, and use them to control the board, they're fantastic. So I think part of this army, as far as fixing it, too, is um, I think a lot of people use, or not use, play the army in, incorrectly. Right. Um, I mean, let, let's let's keep rolling with this. We talked about a couple of things that are that are that well, are uh, strengths, weaknesses. Well, we, well, we know that they don't shoot. What else? One of the things I do know that I do know about this army, I noticed about this army is that the points dictate this army to be more. And I know this is going to be controversial for a lot of people to, when I say this, but it leads it to be more of a min maxed horde army where you're running multiple units of 10 and having. 20 plus drops on the table and, okay. and you're not going to be, ta- you're not going to be taken for. And the reason I say that is 
with this army, like you're saying with the Blood Reavers and even the Cornate Demons and things like that, if you're running blocks of 10 and you got eight blocks of 10 hit the table at 70 points apiece. Okay. Even if you ran 10 blocks of 10, that's only 700 points of your 2,000. You may have 10 drops, but you got 10 individual units running across the table that are going to sacrifice themselves, fall on the swords, give you blood tithe, or get to the opponent in, gro- in droves and cause blood tithe. Okay. You know what? So I, I, I agree with you on that one, Justin, and I don't. And this is why I think we have these good conversations, because because I don't agree with you on that, but I do. And I'm going to tell you where I think you were going with this, and maybe, maybe, this, is, maybe this will shed some light on what you were thinking, because it's got me thinking. Mm-hmm. This whole army, right, Blades of Corn, is reliant on buffs to the point of being painful. I mean, well, yeah, that's true. And, and, and it seems that, that Blades of Corn perform poorly overall in normal 2,000-point games, except for Skull Crushers. If you, if you have a Skull Crusher heavy list, and this is why I think I want to kind of tag on what you're saying, mm-hmm. because if you take the Mighty Skull Crushers, these are the uh, mortal knights of Corn. Uh, they're warriors. They're riding these huge juggernauts of corn, much like they're, they're the, the demons, I guess. Uh, but these are the ones that actually uh, hit a bit better. They're, 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 they're a lot more tanky than the demon counterparts. Right. And at, at the cost, you know, and, and they do cost more points. I, I don't remember offhand how many. I guess I could look at my book here. But for conversational purposes, they are more expensive. But they have more armor. Uh, they have more wounds. And, and, even, and they even have a really nasty charge. And I got to tell you, you know, and at least for for now, um, you can even make an entire battalion of these guys. And of course, battalions we think are going the way of the dinosaur, but for mm-hmm. for right now, you can make an entire battalion of these guys, and they're very good. So I, I think I think what you and I are kind of talking about here, Justin, is kind of the we're, we're kind of coming around the same ring to kind of get to the same horn. You know, I, I think what you're saying in one part is you're talking about sizes of units, and in relation to as I'm saying, I think this army plays better in smaller games. You know, oh, yeah, I mean, there. this is probably one of the few armies that actually can play down in points and do better. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of them that can do that. Um, but what I was saying is, like, taking, you know, taking more units gives you more options, in my opinion. And granted, yeah, you're taking the elites and the heavy hitters and you're doing your thing with them. And, you know, the, their big disadvantage is the cap on heroes, where we can only have six heroes. Okay. So, so that when you go and have say eight units of ravers out there and they're, they're covering the entire front half of your board for defensive line or whatever, it's, it gets a little difficult to spread six heroes to cover that. And that's where their buffs fall off. I don't know that you, I don't know that she needs six heroes, dude, not in this army. I, I, I almost, I almost, I almost have to disagree with you on that. I think this army has to go full stock heroes and has to have at least five to six. Well, and, I'll, I'll tell and, you this right now. I, I I think with the priests that you have, you know, um, you know, I I think the I think the the slaughter priests are the real stars uh, for the show. If you want to talk about strengths, if that's what we're talking about, right. For the right, basic right, cast right. players, are your slaughter priests? And and to me, you know, if you're talking about six of them, I would say at a minimum you'd want to have not not that you said you had to have six slaughter priests, but I would say in any list you'd want to have at least two of them, in my opinion, well, two right, slaughter right. priests, and, he, and and they dish out a fair amount of mortal wounds. The judgments of corn are great. I mean, these guys are legit stars. So I, th- I think that's oh. definitely a positive. Of, well, no, that's um, and that's what I'm that's what I'm saying is you you want to have your your general star your stars, but you know this is almost one of those things where it's better to build them in a thousand point block and have two thousand point blocks that are literally 
working together, but they're separate armies that have all the buffs that can be put onto those units around them. Interesting. If, if, that, if that makes more sense. I guess it does. Yeah. Because there's a few armies out there in the in the game in general, and that you build the army to a thousand points, you get the heroes that need to make that thousand points really rock solid, and then you have a thousand points left over. So if you just double it with this army, you you get a better chance. You know, I think I see where you're going with this. I, I really do. And right. I, I had to catch up to what you were saying because uh, most of their mortal wounds come from. I would say exclusively, not come from, exclusively come from characters, bloodthirsters mm -hmm. or their prayers, which, you know, I'll remind you, are absolutely not spells. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit later as far as is that a, is that a, a, a weakness or not, and, and, and is that something that need to be looked at. But bloodthirsters, you know, I'm going to go back on the practical side of this too. In the box that you buy them in, it makes three different versions, and they're all great. I mean, it, it flies bloodthirsters they have a, a lot of, of health it does an unfair amount of damage um you can oh, summon yeah. one via blood tithes you know we, you can summon one of these bad boys and the blood and the, the bloodthirsters command ability can can be given to itself which is that um bronzed flesh that's what it is right and uh, i believe there's a battalion that lets you take four of them or yeah. something like that yeah. so and, and at least for is, now <laughs> well at least for now but but with with this blonde blonde Hey, with a uh, bronzed flesh, it can it, it can be given to it as well, and so the the, the swing twice command ability in the command command phase really is 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 tremendous. So I think that's where you were going with this. I mean, they and I, I yeah. wasn't trying to negate the fact that they don't have uh, powerful characters, but it just seems to me that again, like a lot of the stuff in this army, it seems that a lot of the stuff in this army is lopsided, one sided kind of a thing, right? right? Well, that's all it, I was saying. Well, no, right, exactly. That, and that's what I was saying with the mortal and the demons. It's there's no real cross integration in the army. Right. You know, you're not going to take, you're not going to take a whole bunch of ravagers running around with 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 priests and have demons coming out of them because there's no, the the play there gets really chunky. But if you did a thousand points of mortals and a thousand points of demons that could act solely apart from each other but still have the same keywords. Okay. They would do better. All that, right. That's that's kind of where I was going. No, I I do, and you know, on the on the chats here, we got Sean. He says Blades of Corn are are really good in big multiplayer games, Bloodthirsters, uh, where every, they can pull more yeah. points. Uh, I I think he said every, every round. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that's what he said. Um, you know, you know, yeah. But here's the thing: a lot of times people aren't playing multiplayer games; they're playing one on one uh, versus two thousand points. But we're going to continue this conversation on uh, on how to fix blades of corn, especially going into Age of Sigmar 3.0. Uh, stick around. A public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing. Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. 
Tell them Grimdark Live sent you, and your first hour of printing is free. Hey gang, in all seriousness, get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you, and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag Factory 3D Printing, printing life into your games. Now, back to the show. Hey, you Grimdark goons, thank you so much for joining us on the show. But hey, if you're new to the Grimdark Live experience, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, and like our show. This way you'll always know when it's time for Grimdark Live. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for being back. We love all you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. Also, please recommend us to your friends, as Grimdark Live is a great show to get your nerd on every week. And if you like some after-ear action, give our podcast a listen after the live show. The podcast is typically published a couple of days after the live show. The link to the podcast is in the show notes below. And if you're already listening to our podcast, you rock, man. And if that ain't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. Again, that's grimdarklive.com. All right. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, we're going to keep talking about how to fix blades of corn. So we're kind of, kind of where we left off. Kind of finish your point there, Justin, because what, what you started to say a two behind the break, and, and you're making a really good point on that one. So say that again. I was saying behind the, the curtain a little bit there is that, you know, I like corn. I, 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 it's one of those armies that I would love to get started into chaos with. I just wish that the synergies between the mortal and the demon realms of the, the book were there. Okay. And that makes them difficult to play because you kind of have to choose a side. You either play all demons or you play all mortals. Yeah, but that's kind of the chaos thing. I mean, you know, even though Slash has kind of switched it, over it, to mortals, and for a long time Nurgle mortals were better, but now it looks like the demons. So I, th- I think it's I think it's kind of the yin and yang thing. But that is a good point. I'm not. I, I'm always, I right. always sound like I'm 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 negating your point. That's not what I'm trying to do. But but it, but it is. And if and currently, like the one that's drawing my attention, if you, if I had to play chaos right now, I would probably and I, people are gonna probably flame me for this, but I would jump on Slanesh's bandwagon just because pervert. you can you can run a mortal and a mortal engine or a mortal group and have the summon capability to bring in demons and they work together. Right. So let, let's you talk know, about and, and and yeah, but let let's talk about. One thing that's glaring that a lot of people talk about, they either love it or they hate it about Blades of Corn or corn in general, and that's no magic. You know, we all know yes. that corn, corn hates it. Uh, and I, I can't tell if this is definitely a weakness or not because we're going to get into like the skull altar and the judgments of corn and all those kinds of things. So I don't know that it's necessarily a weakness, but it's one of those things that's kind of like where the army seems to have whatever's good about it also has to have some negative parts about it too. And I've noticed that about um, about the army. So like for instance... Let's talk about the skull altar here. Um, mm-hmm. This is the main terrain piece, right? This is the terrain piece. Uh, it, it also costs no points, so take it. Uh, it. It lets priests re-roll their prayers and, and even makes enemy wizards negative one to their casting uh, if, they're, if they're within 16 inches of it. So, um, so what do you think about that? Talk to me a little bit about the skull altar. The skull altar is a good piece. I mean, they need that piece to be... I hate to say it, but competitive in, ter- in terms of keeping magic at bay a little bit. Right. And, you know, it's one of those things that's like, 
I wish that was more innate into the units. Okay. And not, or or it had a way to delve that ability out to multiple units that could then radiate a bubble effect. Sure. You know, because because we have a lot of priest capability in this army, and yes, their abilities are priest abilities. So having it where you have, say, a slaughter priest or an upgrade character that becomes a priest that now gives the ability of immunity to spells on a certain role, right? It's not uncommon. And that would definitely be a fix to the lack of magic. Oh, sure, sure. So let's yeah, talk yeah. about the second thing there. Let's talk about the Judgment of Corn there. So these are their endless spells, right? I want to hear your mm-hmm. thoughts on these. I mean, you, you, can, you can put them down, and they stick around until they are dispelled. Uh, right. The awesome part about these is that they're not spells. They are judgments. So you can't necessarily dispel them. Uh, they do have an upkeep uh, to see if, if, they, if they stay. But the point remains that your opponent has no hope... Uh, that they just go away or get dispelled. So that's definitely, I would say, uh, something that I think players, if they want to improve their gameplay, need to kind of focus more on, right? Well, they're, yeah, they're they're like a terrain piece in a way that, that you you pay the cost or you make the roll for the turn, you put them in position, you let them do what they need to do, and then you have to keep the make the upkeep on the next turn to, to either put it back where it is, maintain it where it is, or drop it and redo it. Sure. So... They make a good offensive piece, and they're also kind of, you know, they're 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 blocking spells in a way that you like. You drop it in the terrain and say, okay, walking past this, you're going to take mortals, or, or you're going to take the judgment. Right. And they're it's your offensive way of limiting where people can come at you, in a way. Right. You know. So I I think they're a necessity to the army, and I'm glad they're priestly based and not spell based. Sure. Sure. You know, and let's talk about this. I think I think another weakness is is there's not a lot of defense in melee. I mean, these guys are meant no. to to go on the attack, and I think that this is another thing that hurts them. I think blood warriors are bad. I'm just going to come out and say that right now. Uh, you know, their 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 damage output isn't great. Their survivability is bad. Their movement isn't great. Uh, there's there's really nothing to recommend about them as far as I'm concerned. And at 100 points for five, uh, they're also more expensive than chaos warriors while being worse. Right. So. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, the the problem you run into when you have a unit that's five models at a hundred at a hundred points right. is it's limited to what it can do. Yeah, it's they're they're not going to hold objectives. They're 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 not going to have the amount of swings or attacks going into a unit unless they're in a much beefier group. And then they have the problem of getting them there. These right. guys are slow, cumbersome five model hundred point go. unit. Yep. that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna pitter patter across like skipping daisies across the, uh, the battlefield and by the time they do get there you may have one or two left if they don't fail their battle shocks yeah and, and that's why i think i think you should you need to run and what we're talking about here are blood warriors but i think you need to run these guys in, in msu you know multiple small units in armies right. because you you would need to take them uh to get the war scroll battalion uh i mean i'm, I'm sorry um uh you 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 would need to take them to get the war scroll battalion which is which is changing obviously we know that's going away and a lot of players just in general are very disappointed in how they perform on the table so i the, think the only the only use for them and i and i just cut you off there a little bit but the only right. use i could see for them is more of like a defensive shield against a wizard or, or, or well, like a, one of not against a wizard like a, a defensive shield for one of your heroes yeah you know putting a screen using them as a screen as extra wounds to keep your hero from taking hit or giving them the minus well of course for, of course that, yeah. that's that's yeah i mean i i truthfully that unit i agree with you 100 percent it's they're 
they need either a point decrease or they need to be minimum 10 models at 100 points and right. just go that route because they're just there's not enough of it to make it worthwhile so let's let, let's kind of let's kind of close this topic out here a little bit let's kind of get to some some of the more of the marrow of what this army is uh and how to make them better right that's what we're here to talk about how right. to fix blades of corn i'm going to just say it right now i think chaos warriors and big blocks of 15 to control the middle of the board is a good thing for this army period i know it's not blades of corn but we're talking about fixing them whatever fix is needed right mm-hmm. i think uh, essentially you're going to need a wall to protect your your, your blood secretor and your slaughter priests uh, and and putting them behind the chaos warriors will give you a big blob of very resilient units that will smash through anything you know obviously with poor saves they're going to smash through anything with poor saves and even do okay damage against tanky units uh just through sheer volume of attacks so I, right. th- I think that's one way that this army can be uh, Im- improved upon, right, as far as what we're talking about. I think the other way, Justin, and then I want to kind of hear what you have to say on this, is is I think a 15 block of warriors with a blood secretor is making, what, 46 attacks with, re- like with re-rollable like hits that. that are going to do, I don't know, 13, maybe 14 wounds uh, to a 4-plus save unit. Mm-hmm. I mean, on defense... Their thirty wounds re rolling their four plus save, so so they can be, I guess, quite hard to to, to shift off of an objective if your opponent right. had to. Um, you know, and, and I, I got to be honest with you, as far as Chaos Warriors go, I've been pretty happy with them. Um, they 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 really shine at at you know really contesting the middle of the board against your opponent, uh, especially chaff units that your opponent may have. Um, and here's some. I know the new hotness out there is these Zeech horrors against against Zeech. You know they're they're going to do 20 damage after saves and and really a feel no pain. You know they're surprisingly good. And considering you generally need something to protect you know your slaughter priests and your blood secretor in the middle of the board, uh, I'd always recommend them. I mean, right, right. What are your thoughts on that? No, I think you got the I think you got the right idea ideas going in general for where you could fix things you know giving the yeah. putting cast warriors in place giving them so that they have actual access to the keywords correctly so that they can pull everything and i think in general the biggest fix that would fix a lot of problems with corn is decreasing points across the board right just just in general just removing points like or increasing points in certain way but increasing the size of the unit that it starts with sure you know sure. so like we're, ta- we're talking about you know um reavers and shit that are based on tens but they're 70 points well maybe bumping them up to to 110 points and making them a block of 20 to start you know kind of like kind of like they do with kind of like they do with the chaos marauders because in all honesty they are the chaos marauders of the corn all right of corn so you know giving them that same point cost and saying okay it's a block of 20 to start for this amount of points and these dudes uh which are you know, your, your bread and butter hitter unit, which are five men for a hundred points. Well, maybe they should only be 90 points, you know, or something like that, or 70 points, you know, right. So that you can double them out. You don't need to give them discounts at the high end where you max the unit out. We don't need that. I mean, no army technically needs that anymore. Sure. I just think the amount of models that you're paying for based upon the points should be modified so that they fit the aesthetic of what it is. Yeah. You know, Reavers are, in my opinion, they're they're the marauders. They're they're the guys that are being pulled out of their huts and saying, "Okay, here's a shield, here's an axe, go," you yep. know, yep. that kind of thing. And you're going to gather large, large amounts of these crazy bastards to go for minimal rations or minimal 
usage of army resources. Yeah. So let's let's go let's go to one other thing that I don't think a lot of people think of when they, when they think about a corn army. How about the war shrine? I mean, I know it got a couple of whacks, especially in a couple of the FAQs and stuff like that. But I think the war shrine also is, has an innate uh, place in this in this army. I think the war shrine mm-hmm. also with that aura that that gives slaves darkness units wholly within six inches a uh, uh, you know uh, uh, an extra save and does other things to buff them. Um, that you aura know. could be effectively doubled in its size, its radius, and yeah, yeah, and exactly. it would and it would make it effective again. And, and if I it think was, if it was a twelve inch, if it was a twelve inch holy within instead of a six, yeah, it'd be much better. Yeah, I think I think that the um, I think the, the war shrine also has its its very own war scroll prayer with mm-hmm. huge implications that can be uh, changed every turn. So I think your options range from reroll charge rolls, uh, reroll, uh, hit rolls or reroll, uh, wound rolls, I think, and add another plus one to save rolls. Or right. I think you can reroll hit wound and charge rolls too. I think, uh, reroll save rolls even. So I think, I think putting that on, you know, your, your, your chaos units, meaning your, your slaves of darkness units in a, uh, corn army, I think is, um, I think is very, very, uh, very good, but I think really, I think really, if you want to be satisfied in playing this army, my my points on this right now are blades of corn, bloodbound. Uh, you know, I think they're great in meeting engagement. You know, smaller type games right now. I think the army needs a lot of tweaks, and I think if you want to try to play a pure blades of corn army, you might be disappointed at a two thousand point game unless you want to, like we said, bring in other outside units like slaves of darkness units. Chaos warriors right. are great. Uh, make sure you run a couple of slaughter priests. Um, you know, I think having a stoker in there is awesome too. Uh, skull crushers, wherever you can fit those big bastards in, I think are definitely something you're going to want to do. But I mean, I, I, I know it's sacrilegious, but if you can get a mage in there with cogs, it would help you out dramatically too. Well, yeah, and I know, and I know that's sacrilegious because of cor- yeah. it's a corn now you've army. gone too far. Actually, but, you know what? but hey, we're talking about fixing corn, right? Maybe you got to think right. out of the box. You, you, you get you get a you get a uh, slaves of darkness sorcerer in there and take cogs and you got a two inch extra movement to your entire army, which helps you get there much, much faster. That's it. And, and that helps you fix a lot of the problems of being a, an all close combat army that needs to be in the fray, smashing skulls and collecting blood. You know, that's That's, basically what it is. That's a great way to put it, man. That's a great way to put it. So yeah, I mean, those are just some of our points, man. Those are some of the things that we think you can do to improve your gameplay. If you are a uh, blades of corn uh, type of player, but uh, Justin, we got the question of the day coming up, man. You ready for that? I'm ready. Question of the day. Hey, gang. I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. All right, we got the question of the day coming up here on, on Grimdark Live. And, you know, good good conversation, Justin, on the Blades of Corn, man. I mean, I know that there's, I, I think those fixes, the reason why we kind of got through that is because there's, there's, 
that's pretty much what you got to do to fix the army right now. I think you got to add another units, but but that's we we can pontificate on that a little bit more. But um, good right. conversation, Justin. Good conversation. Yep. So here it is, man. Here is the question of the day, and you guys kind of heard us talk about this a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, we kind of brought this up, but uh, here it is again, Justin. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So here it is. Will Soulblight Gravelords be the dawn of the new death resurgence, or are they just a Band-Aid release? All right. Um, unfortunately, I think they're going to be a Band-Aid release. And yeah. All right. Part, part of the, the, the reason I say that is if they get the Lumineth Realm Lord treatment where we get part of the army and then another book six months down the line, that army will die. Okay. It, it, I mean, even with the blood dragons and all that stuff and the blood knights looking as good as they do, you know, that put a, the, the Lumineth thing did a real huge hit to them and had to have a major fix. And I don't think you can majorly fix the vampires like that. There's okay. just, there's two. Yeah. We got the aesthetic and people are already complaining about the mother of beasts and, you know, all these other parts of the first portion of this, this release that, if you do it that way, you're gonna you're basically putting a nail in the coffin or a stake through the heart. No pun intended. It, well, no, I'm I'm pun intending there. Yeah. Um, um, it's it's just not it's just you can't do that to that army. It has to be released all as at one shot. And if you're pulling models from, you know, the 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 feast the feast courts and all the other undead armies out there because we've seen all the zombie dragons and all that stuff that are on the cover of the book and everything else and it. Basically, we know there's five houses in this book. So I'm thinking they're going to start pulling models out of all the other ranges, and you're going to have access to those based on the house you take. And that's why we're not seeing a new zombie dragon and things of that matter, because it already exists. And granted, the model is yeah. old, but it already exists. My, my two cents in a tin can are this. I think they're playing off of nostalgia. I think there's a lot of people out there that would love to see the Blood Knights, like Steve was saying earlier on the show. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to bring that army back. I, I don't really necessarily know if it's a Band-Aid, but it's definitely something that's going to get them over the bridge into comfortably into AOS 3.0, because I do think a lot right. of people are going to buy the army. And let's face it here, folks. Nagash died in the last Teclas book. Nagash died. Period. End of story. And, so, yep. um, and they destroyed his books. So do I think that... Um, you know, do I personally think that Soulblight Gravelords are, are going to be the, the, the resurgence of death? No, no, I really don't see that. I mean, I think they, they killed off Nagash for a reason. I think they want to move on. But I also think, too, there is a, there is a cast of uh, people out there, a community, that love this army and will play it. Mm-hmm. And bravo, because I, I love a good death army to fight against. So, oh, and, right, but, and don't get me wrong. I'm going to collect the army. I like the aesthetic and sure. I'm going to build the army because I love this aesthetic. I've always, I, I'm on the same page as Steve was with vampires. I, I love the aesthetic and everything else. And I actually find the mother of beasts, the large vampire with the, the, the thing behind her. I find that model very interesting because it, it actually made me think of some of the old sculpt system going back to tomb Kings and the Lamia. So mm-hmm. that that's where the, you know it's like okay yeah you have that ancient like dragon cat de- deity and she's been merged with it so it, it's you know it's got a very interesting feel to me and it's a painter's dream in all honesty it's one of those things I would love right. to do well I mean we'll have, we'll have to see where it goes but yeah I think I don't I don't think it's going to be anything more than just a nostalgia buy and and with with a couple of nifty tricks but but rolling right. on here it is we got. Um, we got the uh, the closing thoughts, man, and this is on me today. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and take this one. Um, 
so here it is, guys. We're, on, we're, we're coming towards the end of Age of Sigmar 2.0, and it's been uh, a heck of a, uh, a good uh, release, uh, even though with COVID and everything else, lack of tournaments. Uh, but here we are, and I know that, that Armed Forces Day 4 is going to be one of the tournaments that's going to be closing out, uh, you know, Age of Sigmar 2.0. But as we look into Age of Sigmar 3.0, you know, get those armies painted up, get, get things ready, you know, and, and get ready for those Hobgoblin-esque grots. Because that's what's coming in the in the new uh, in the new get started box for for Age of Sigmar 3.0. I guess they're calling it the new Indominus style box. Um, and you know those those Stormcasts look sweet as hell too. So my recommendation to everyone out there is get enthusiastic, man. Get ready for this because uh, this is going to be a great release. Uh, buy two of those get started boxes and uh, and get after it, man. Because um, uh, this is. Uh, what we need. We need a huge release. We need a huge, excited community. We know tournaments are going to start coming around. People are going to start getting those shots, and COVID is going to be a thing of the past. Like every other, you know, thing we've had happen, bird flu and swine flu and the Black Plague and whatever the hell else happened. But, um, you know, my sister's meatloaf, all those things that once made me sick are all, you know, going to go away, and they're going to be things of the past. But I would just say that right now, um, that's where we're at, and that's what we need to... um, uh, focus on, because uh, I think this, uh, the, you know, this new edition is going to bring in and usher in some some awesome, awesome things. So, uh, looking forward to it all, man, and 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 we're looking forward to um, being there with you through the uh, through through the whole thing, through the whole thing. So that's that's everything, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I got as far as the, uh, the the closing the closing thoughts today. But uh, but that's it, Justin. That's a wrap, man. Yeah, it is and, definitely. Uh, back after a week and, and we're glad that uh, that we can be back with you guys but all the grimdark goons and i'd like to thank uh steve out there wherever you wherever you went to uh and all of our listeners for the great show we look forward to having you back next time we discuss all things related to dice dragons demons and dwarves and the warhammer world so please don't forget to join us next tuesday at 7 30 we're going to be back again also please don't forget to uh, hit the like or subscribe button and follow our podcast so until then till we meet again roll them dice fun and fair and don't be a short pants night everybody bye Dark Live would like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair and don't be a frickin' short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Short pants.